Welcome to In Broad Daylight. Your host, Adam Todd Brown. On this episode, Section 7. everybody. Welcome to the Executive Order Hour. This is my podcast all about Donald Trump news and things that people aren't talking about enough. And I've taken to calling it the Executive Order Hour because holy shit, are there a lot of executive orders to keep up with these days? Remember when people used to hate Obama for trying to write new laws using executive orders? I guess that's cool now. It's in style. (sighs) Fucking Trump supporters. Anyway, The latest executive order to come out was released yesterday, and it's basically part two of the travel ban, or whatever you want to call it. It's just easier to call it a travel ban, because that's what it is. But this is the second attempt at an executive order limiting the amount of people that we allow into the country. So, whatever. Call it what you want. If you want to read it, you can go to whitehouse.gov. And the name of the document is Executive Order Protecting the Nation from Foreign Terrorist Entry into the United States. If you cannot find it with that much information, you shouldn't be using the internet. I'm not going to read the entire URL. It's very long. Anyway, this has been out for a day or two, so there's already plenty of things you can go out and read about it. For example, one of the things people are pointing out is that there's a section where he cites a terrorist operation that was broken up as a need to protect this country from terrorism. And the plot that he's referencing uh, actually was a plot to commit an act of terror not in the United States. Now, I know what a Trump supporter would say is, well, yeah, it's still terrorism. But here's the thing. If they have to use that as an example it should give you a pretty clear indication of what the threat of domestic terrorist acts is actually like. Because it's like I and a lot of other people have said countless times, it just doesn't happen here that much. And the fact that he is citing a terrorist attack that had it occurred would have happened not on U.S. soil is a pretty clear indication of that. Yes, it's still terrorism, but it also speaks to the fact that domestic terrorism, at least at the hands of ISIS, is not a huge threat in this country. At least not a big enough threat to warrant dedicating this much executive action to it. But anyway, that's you you can go out on the internet and read about that. That's all out there. But what I want to talk about specifically is one section of this executive order, and it's not getting a ton of attention, probably because it just reads like legal talk. So let's talk about Section 7, which reads, Recession of exercise of authority relating to the terrorism grounds of inadmissibility. The Secretary of State and the Secretary of Homeland Security shall, in consultation with the Attorney General, consider rescinding the exercises of authority permitted by Section 212D3B of the INA 8 U.S.C. 1182 D3B relating to the terrorism grounds of inadmissibility 
as well as any related implementing directives or guidance. Now, here's the thing when you encounter a paragraph like this in one of these executive orders. First of all, if it just says they're considering it, buckle up. That means it's probably something bad. Otherwise, they would just say it's the law now. But also, when you see those long strings of characters that refer to what section of what past document he's talking about, you can just copy and paste all that and stick it in your uh, your old browser bar there and hit enter, and it will bring up the exact thing he's talking about. So that makes it a whole lot easier to understand. And what he's referring to in this case are duress waivers, which allow you, even if at some point in the past you provided what they deem material support to a terrorist organization, a duress waiver would still allow you to enter the country. And I understand if you're one of those people who lives in abject fear of Muslim terrorists every single day of your life because you watch too much Fox News. I get that hearing the phrase material support sounds scary. But what this is referring to is those instances where, say, ISIS knows that you are a doctor and one of theirs is injured and requires surgery. Say they kick down your door and say, we will murder you if you do not perform life-saving surgery on our friend. If you opt to perform that surgery as opposed to being shot in the face or publicly beheaded or whatever, you would no longer be eligible for entry into the United States. If you've had any contact with a group that the United States deems a terrorist organization, and if that contact aided them in any way, even if it was because they forced you to, because your life was in danger, you are no longer allowed into this country. At least that's if they rescind this exercise of authority. And this is a thing that it's been used before. There is a section on the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services website, that's USCIS.gov, called Terrorism-Related Inadmissibility Grounds Exemptions. And what this is, is a list of instances where people have been allowed to enter the country even though they provided material support to terrorists. And the things it lists, uh, situational exemptions so far, or to date, material support under duress, solicitation under duress, military-type training under duress, voluntary medical care, Iraqi uprisings, certain limited material support, insignificant material support. So these are all situations, you know, material support under duress. That means, say you own a store and, say, ISIS comes to you and says, hey, you need to give us shit from your store whenever we ask for it or we will burn your shit to the ground. If you don't immediately flee the country, if you don't basically give up everything you own and immediately flee because ISIS asked you this, your choice is either be killed or give them the things they're asking for, which will eventually bar you from fleeing that situation. So th there's really no good option in that case. 
you you either have to leave immediately uh, as soon as you're contacted by ISIS, and that's assuming you can. They might just expect you to say yes right then and there. And if you don't, you'll get killed. If you do say yes, now you're a terrorist. And the mechanism for pleading your case to the United States government and saying, hey, they forced me into this. I only gave them food. Like, I didn't, I'm not a terrorist. I didn't target anybody. I was forced into this. I mean, this is a mini act of terrorism in and of itself. This is, again, terrorism carried out by ISIS against the people in living in the countries where they operate. And if the Trump administration does go through with rescinding what's mentioned in Section 7 of this executive order, those people won't be eligible for protection or asylum in the United States anymore, which is kind of insane. There's actually a pretty famous case that has been going back and forth. It was most recently decided again on June 9th, 2016, and it it deals with the material support bar, which is that's that's the phrase for the clause that keeps you from entering this country if you've had any dealings with a group we determined to be a terrorist organization. And there's a case that's been going back and forth with the Board of Immigration Appeals that deals with a Colombian native named Marlene Hernandez. Marlene Hernandez owned a hotel and a store in Colombia. And at one point, the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, also known as FARC, F-A-R-C, started sending her threats saying that you need to give us goods from your store so we can eat them and live, or we will burn your store to the ground. And rather than, you know, giving up everything and fleeing immediately, she she agreed. She gave them what they asked so she wouldn't be killed. She was forced into it, basically. And here's the thing. They still eventually burnt her shit down because she owned a hotel, and she would sometimes let government officials rent rooms at her hotel, as one does. What are you going to do? Tell the government they can't stay there because you're giving FARC cookies every other day? So eventually, FARC still invaded her town, burned all of her shit down, forced her to flee, and she gets to the United States. She's honest about, you know, everything that happened. She They came to her and started demanding things. She gave it to them so they wouldn't kill her. Eventually, they still threatened her to the point that she had to flee, and it was decided that she provided material support to a terrorist organization. And this is a case that's been going on since, I believe, 2006, and at pretty much every step of the way, even in the the cases where a court decides that the persecution that she received at the hands of FARC would have been enough to warrant giving her asylum in the United States. Because of that material support she provided, that limits her from entering the country. Now, obvious question here, why didn't this duress waiver that Trump wants to rescind apply to her? And I'm no legal expert. Maybe someone in the comments can answer this for me. But I'm assuming it's because she came here prior to when that took effect. That was issued around 2000, somewhere between 2007 and 2009. And she came to the country in 2001. So if I was a lawyer arguing it, I would argue that it didn't apply to her. 
when she arrived. But maybe someone can clarify that for me. But either way, that's a good example of what kind of refugee we're excluding from this country by rescinding these duress waivers. So the argument in those cases basically was that the the particular section of the Immigration and Naturalization Act that was barring her from the country didn't include an implied exception for people who provided material support under duress. So that's what these waivers do. If in certain cases you can prove that your material support was provided under duress, say a terrorist group kidnaps you and says you have to join our army or we'll kill you, and you join that army for a week and then escape because you don't want to be in that fucking army, and you come to the United States hoping you will receive asylum, if what Section 7 wants to rescind, if that actually happens, you're considered a terrorist at that point. So, with that all in mind... It's prediction time. I promise you that if they do go through with rescinding the order that allows for duress waivers in cases where a person's been determined to have provided material support for terrorist groups or activities, this executive order and all of Trump's executive orders, pretty much any executive order ever fucking filed, calls for a report on statistics and findings and things that resulted from said order. I promise you that if they go through with rescinding this order to provide duress waivers, the people who are subsequently blocked from entering this country will be listed as terrorists who were prevented from entering this country to make it seem like Trump's ban is working and keeping us safe when really all it's doing is blocking people who, through legal channels, mind you, legal, proper channels, went before the authorities and proved that the material support they provided was provided under duress and that they were as much of a victim of terrorism as anyone else, those people will ultimately be listed as the, air quotes time, terrorists that Trump is preventing from entering the country. And that's the worst part about it. It's just smoke and mirrors shit. It's not a move that will make us any safer. It's just something that will make it look like Trump is keeping us safer. And boy, will motherfuckers fall for it anyway, because that's what Trump supporters do. They fall for fucking lies. Anyway, I don't know. I guess I, like, I, I, guess I would leave it up to... Uh, up to the up to the Trump supporters listening to decide if that's fair because it's again I know material support sounds scary but these are just more acts of terrorism that these groups are carrying out against civilians in the countries that people are fleeing from think of it like this imagine if your kid came home from school and said a bully forced him to give them their lunch money and the school suspended him for providing material support to bullying. That's kind of what it is. It's terrorists carrying out acts of terror and then us persecuting the victims for it. So it's bad times, like so many other fucking things. Anyway, I know that wasn't particularly funny, but if you're bored today, head on over and read Trump's latest executive order. See if there's anything there that sticks out to you. 
that's that's all I do is I just read them until something interesting pops up. And in this case, it's Section 7. I think rescinding that waiver program for people who were forced to provide support to terrorist groups is a pretty goddamn awful thing. And it's it's not the way to vet refugees coming into this country. But we'll see what happens. It's this 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 thing's just a day old. Who knows where it'll be tomorrow? Probably in court. I'm sure it's still highly illegal in some way and that will come out. But that's all for today. Go read section 7 of Trump's new executive order and also follow us on social media and subscribe to all our podcasts and give us good ratings and reviews on iTunes and provide material support to us by sending us money and presents and offers to help help us do things. Uh, you know, all the things a terrorist organization would force you to do if you were living in Iraq. But we're just asking, you know? We are just asking. That was weird. That was a weird way to end this. Let's get the fuck out of here. Say goodbye, Adam. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.